Ladies and gentlemen, we are in the final week, the final week until Godzilla and King Kong both get together and DDT each other and possibly break each other through tables. That's it. This is the, it's finally, we've gotten here. It's, it's happened. It is finally here. Not only that, but finally, I get to go to the movie theaters again. This is, that's exciting, dude. It's finally happening. Uh, yes, if if you are lucky enough to have gotten this movie a couple days ago, which I seen that the uh, release was the 24th, and some people actually, if you live in a bigger market, New York, LA, you've already seen this movie, so whatever. Hey, let me celebrate, you know what I mean? So the rest of the world, we got it on the 31st. I'm seeing it on the 3rd. Um, Here's the, the thing. I kept thinking about, like, all right, I do want to finish out this this kaiju stuff. I'm very, very much a fan. Uh, I wasn't sure which movie to go with, though, because as much as I like, like, All Monsters Attack, Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla, Godzilla vs. Gigan, Godzilla vs. X, you know, whatever, anything, those movies are fun and dandy when you're a child. Um, I liked watching them as a kid. Uh, when you watch them, though, as an adult... Uh, you realize there's nothing going on in these movies. Just nothing. It's it's still, I guess, kind of fun in an ironic kind of way because you're you're watching like this old thing and you go, oh my God, you know, I can't believe how fake it looked. And even though back then it still looked fake, um, it's just kind of clear there's no real structure to any of these movies. It's just like, how quickly can we get these monsters to fight? Actually, it takes a while because it takes about a good hour. And then the last like third act, this is every single movie. There's a human element. The humans are going to do something bad. Godzilla has to step in because uh, some type of monster is affected that makes them want to come to Earth. And then Godzilla has to fight them. And then the last like 20, 30 minutes of the movie is just an array of cuts of things being blown up, of monsters shooting sparks and things like that. And I thought, dude, it's fun, but it's really hard to go in-depth in a movie like that. So I figured... What can I review? And I, I realized I haven't done much love for King Kong in general. Um, I've seen all the King Kong movies. And I realized uh, only one other one outside of just Kong Skull Island is really kind of worth uh, any type of discussion. And I realized that's the Peter Jackson King Kong. Yeah, this dude, this... I remember when this movie came out. This was a really big deal because this was 2005... The, the, the blockbuster blockbuster back then, dude, it, you only got one. Really, that was about it, right? It was like the big movie of the year was King Kong. The big movie of the year was Revenge of the Sith. As a matter of fact, Revenge of the Sith came out that same year. So like 2005 was like, oh my God, for movies, probably amazing. And this is coming off fresh of uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I think this came out like two years afterwards, so... Clearly, Peter Jackson was on top of his game. Um, this is also around the time where, you know, at the opening weekend didn't really dictate anything because, you know, your movie was going to be in theaters for a cool, cool minute. You know, so you had time to let things settle. You had time to, like, let people go see this movie and take their time to see it. And um, even then, I think that was still a really big deal to see new King Kong, to see, like, this type of technology be applied to a kaiju movie like this, this big epic. <clears throat> I know that I see the, the problem all the time with people. They're like, 
oh, this movie's way too long. This movie's, it's, you know, it's three hours long. We don't know what to, you know, it's, it's too, it's too much. It's like, it's not too much. We are now <clears throat> in a, a world where like three hour movies are actually pretty normal. Avengers, the Snyder Cut was four hours long. It, that's, that's something that goes along with it. Not to mention like Netflix series and stuff. You know, people watch Stranger Things, an entire season of Stranger Things in one sitting. So it's not that. I think the, the problem is it's just the amount of setup in that movie takes a really long time. That movie, not to say it doesn't go anywhere, but it takes a really long time for anything to happen within that first hour. And I understand the setup. You have to, you know, introduce all these characters, give them a little bit of development, make you... You know, care about them, obviously, because you can't just have a three-hour movie of King Kong beating up dinosaurs, even though it would be nice. I think it'd get boring after a while. Just off of sheer, like, you know, like anything else. I think that's the problem with, like, maybe, like, Transformers movies or things like that. It's just the sheer amount of explosions and just stuff that you think you like for a long time gets kind of boring. So you need, like, this side human stuff. The, the human element to this movie, a lot of times to all the human elements, to all kaiju movies gets it, it's a bit lackluster um i understand the the thinking is right is it, you just need to have like a balance or just kind of create like some type of side arc for these two characters to fight or for them to stop it um but i think in this movie it's a bit much because it's like one when you actually get to the island when when all the naomi watts and adrian brody all these care jack black when they finally get there, they're split up. You know, uh, Naomi Watts gets taken by King Kong from the Islanders, and she spends the entire movie with him, screaming. That's kind of her role for the rest of the movie. And then you have like the rest of the people on this ship. If, if I'm I'm com talking completely out of context, I'm assuming that if you watch this movie or listen to this episode, that you have seen King Kong from 2005. When you do that, you have like this, these people trying to go there to, uh, to go save Naomi Watts. That's m actually more the interesting part in it. I think th like that should have been the stuff that maybe we should have focused on prior because it's like the, the movie focuses more on Jack Black and his, his movie and it's, it's failing, which is, it's all good. You, you know, you understand that like people really wanted a spectacle, especially in the 30s because that was like the time of like, advanced technology and movies were getting better and vaudeville acts were kind of going away but I, I really feel like that's the stuff that really kind of drags this movie if you would have just focused on the ship and maybe kind of the lore of Skull Island and because the minute they find out Skull Island is there they don't want to go there and then you go "Ooh, that's actually kind of interesting I want to know why they're so afraid of it why don't they want to go past this little circle like for a movie that builds this island up so much that's lost in time it weirdly takes a back burner to the rest of the movie. And I, I wonder why that is. I mean, I'm not going to question Peter Jackson because he's very clearly much a much better director and, and movie connoisseur than I am. But I think there's a missed opportunity there to focus on that. Focus on the island. Focus on the ship. Focus on the history of this world and this universe. Because that's what Peter Jackson does really, really well. Is that he can build... World, you're, you're talking to somebody who made Lord of the Rings as massive as it is from a book that is almost probably as old as King Kong itself. Either way, though, I will say when they actually get to the island, oh, 
this freaking movie delivers, man. I've even then, I'm like, I'm, when I was watching this movie earlier today, I'm watching, going, dude, like this movie still really holds up very well. This looks almost as good as like the CGI now, um, like low rate kind of CGI. Like the kind of CGI that you see in like a Jurassic World type of movie, right? Where you're just kind of, you accept it. Um, but I bet back then, dude, it looks amazing. And uh, the beauty of like, especially movies that are shot on like this digital, on digital cameras and stuff like this. The, the cool thing is that it gets clearer every time, right? You can continue to process these movies like through 4K and 1080p and they just look nice and crisp and sharp. And that CGI, like, after a while, you you know, if anything, it kind of degrades it because it's just like you see the outline and the, and the tint and these little black lines outside of the monsters. But in this one, dude, it holds up very well. There's, I mean, there's still some stuff that looks weird, right? The, the brontosaurus stampede that just looks off. But that's one very minute detail to complain about versus the... First off, the three T-Rex fights with King Kong, which is, God, man, that that's the stuff where, like, you're watching this going, not not only does it look really good, but the progression of that fight and where it takes off to and you see the struggle of, of King Kong trying to fight with only really one arm because he's holding Naomi Watts and, and these three monster or these three T-Rexes or V-Rexes, as they're called, uh, trying to eat her for some reason I don't it's like at some point wouldn't you be like you know what that's a very small meal I'm just I'm gonna leave I clearly I can't beat you because you're a, a literally a giant ape and I am a literal dinosaur I'm gonna leave I'm gonna take my L I'm gonna walk away I'm gonna take my ball I'm gonna go home uh, but these t-rexes were very adamant and I give them that all right they had a goal they wanted to accomplish it and they died trying all right somehow that is weirdly noble but yes, that, and, and too, like, the way that fight just, like, turns into throwing rocks and they're swinging through vines and stuff, it's just, you would think on paper that looks ludicrous and just, like, what is happening here? But somehow it works, man, because it's, again, this goes back to what Peter Jackson can do really, really well, is that the world around you kind of fits in it, and it feels like that's something that clearly would happen. These monsters fighting, and it's like, you've already established that this, this island is just, it's full of just, really, really just bad things. So I don't, there's not a, not one thing on this island that looks good. You know what I mean? That's not going to kill you. <clears throat> Everything is going to try to kill you <laughs> on this island. Um, even King Kong himself. Uh, this is very different from any type of iteration of that monster. Where that monster is this big, lumbering uh, beast. And I, they definitely brought that back for Kong Skull Island where he's like standing up straight and he's definitely a kaiju. He's definitely under the class of a kaiju where I think this one is just a very big silverback gorilla that is the last of his kind. And here he is just kind of trying to live out the rest of his life on this island, um, which again, this, this is something that I think Kong Skull Island does really, really well, um, where... They understand that Kong is very much at the, the top of the food chain on that island. This one, I think it's it's kind of clear that this island just kind of lives on, lives on its own and there's no real hierarchy as far as monsters. It's just whatever there is there and they kind of you know take the territory that that's theirs. Because again, monsters also, they take the right amount of screen time. 
for and a movie that's three hours, you know, it doesn't just turn into Godzilla or I'm, I'm sorry, King Kong versus, you know, monster. You know, there's a reason for what's happening here. There's a reason that King Kong is fighting off these T-Rexes and saving this woman because it's, you know, it's the only thing that's familiar to him. You have um, the the other crew, the boat crew, who are also fighting like bugs. And there's a deleted scene. I actually watched the, the uh, director's cut of this movie. So there was supposed to be like a piranha fight in like a swamp. The, everything in this this island, you know, looks deadly. It looked great, and it definitely will kill you. Which add, adds to that because like you're watching this other crew, and they're all just getting picked off. And you you know that there's people in this movie that are just gonna die, right? It's just they're 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 kind of just fodder for you know monsters killing them, and, and maybe they might die in a cool way. That's usually how it always happens. Um, and and this though it is very it is weirdly grotesque, you know, for a movie that's PG thirteen, like you know, like Andy Serkis getting swallowed by like this big larva worm thing, looks like the thing from Dune, and then you have like the the Islanders who who also uh, like threw spears through people. Like there's a scene where uh, one of the gaffers or that was with Jack Black's crew who just gets a spear right through his chest. Uh, no, no blood or anything, but it's just it. It's weirdly like Peter Jackson found this this little like line that he was able to cross. It's it's amazing how some very brilliant directors can get away with some things. Like I always think of like Nolan with The Dark Knight, and the fact that he's able to get away with like Two Face and how he looks just by like, hey, the rest of the movie didn't have any blood, so we're good. And I think the same thing happens here with Peter Jackson and the way he decided to shoot the violence in this movie. And I, I think it's it's weirdly brilliant. You know what I mean? Um, there's very few people like him who exist now. And I, I'm very much a fan of him in, in general. I, I just like what he's able to do with his movies and where he takes it. He, he clearly has a passion for like horror movies and, and big world-building movies like that. I, I always wish that we could have saw that Halo movie he was supposed to make. That eventually just turned into District 9. Um, but... He does this thing really well, and this is very much a passing project for him, which I think this is the reason why this movie holds up so incredibly well. I always wonder, like, if, if he'll ever just come back and direct anything else. Um, I, I wouldn't say, like, make a sequel to this movie. Obviously, you can't. But just anything, man. Something to the scale. Something huge like that. I mean, look, there's so many times that, or so many times that you could have a director do something on a grand scale like this and, and think that you're going to catch lightning in a bottle. Um, I think this is the big problem that a lot of people have with like Steven Spielberg where they just, you know, it's Steven Spielberg, you know, it's the same guy who made Jaws, but it's like Steven Spielberg is, is much older now. It's like the technology that we have now, he did not have back then. So he had to get creative. And now I think at this point, it's like he's done all the heavy lifting, all the massive amounts of work that it's like, if he does come back for a movie, of course he's just going to want to do the CGI because it's like, it's much easier. You know what I mean? It's just the sheer amount of work and patience you need to have to make a movie on a grand scale like Jurassic Park or Jaws. Um, it's, you know, hey, it, it's amazing that you were able to make it happen and it kind of shows you how good you are creatively. Same happens here with Peter Jackson where it's like, I much want to see him do something on the scale of Lord of the Rings again, but it's like, Hey, we already kind of had that. You know, I mean, we have three 
Lord of the Rings movies. We have three Hobbit movies. We have this movie. We have King Kong. It's like, there's only so many amount of times that I think a director is like, I don't want to do this much anymore. So I, I take it. I'm, I'm very grateful for this movie. I'm glad that it exists. And I'm able to watch it 900,000 goddamn times. Um, I guess I could get more into King Kong himself as far as how he works and maneuvers and kind of his motivation. Um, I think this King Kong has probably the most amount of heart out of all the other King Kong movies that you give him this animal-like... You just you made him an animal. That's, that's really what it is. It's like as an animal, he clearly has emotions and he has like a mindset that very much most apes already have. You know, there's fear, right? Because you don't really know many other humans on this island. You're, you're stuck on an island that's kind of lost to time. So it's like the gradualness of your ecosystem is, it's out of whack. I think for even a regular silverback gorilla, you know, because, you know, most silverback gorillas aren't fighting T-Rexes right now. I, I would hope not. And when you show the kind of this part to him, you give him a heart that I think... Uh, most people will probably walk away from this movie and a lot more emotional than they thought they were. Because you see that this animal clearly cares about Naomi Watts. This animal clearly is afraid that he's been captured and now he doesn't know what to do. It's like you're stuck in New York. You know, the, the second half of this movie, it's, it's I wouldn't say odd, but it, it does kind of throw you off because it's like the minute he gets captured, it, it turns into just a different movie now. Like, it just turns into the next, like, uh, I guess I would say the next 30 to 40 minutes. It's kind of what it just turns into of, like, him being caught and jumping around and uh, running through the streets of New York, which is, ve is very, very cool. Uh, I don't know if you've ever played the video game to this movie, but that's probably the best part of the whole game. Uh, where you're, like, climbing on buildings and, and running around, picking up cars and buses and stuff like that. It's, it's very, very cool. You know what I mean? And that's the stuff that you want to see. Because, hey, look, that's what you come in for a King Kong movie. Of course, it just took a really long time to get here. But it is here, and it's very much worth the wait. Because, again, this really just plays into Peter Jackson's thing. Where he knows how to world build, dude. Like, New this New York in 1930s looks amazing. And I know it's a lot of backdrop and CGI and stuff, but it just looks really good. You put it during, like, Christmas time. Um... The people, the this kind of like fast-paced, like vaudevillian accent that everybody has. Um, I'm gonna go back to the the Jack Black thing where I actually really liked Jack Black himself in this movie. I, I think this really showed a range to him. Um, his bringing this monster here and like the the fact that people just want to see like whatever the heck it is that he has behind these closed doors in this uh, theater. And whatnot. And it's just... It's actually very interesting, I think. And then finally when Kong breaks off and he's running through the streets and he's picking up cars and, and things like that. That looks great. I, I give it more, though, to the fact that when he gets to the top of the Empire State Building, that's the stuff that... Dude, I feel that in my gut. Now, I'm afraid of heights. I don't like heights. Never have. Um, so, like, when I'm watching him swat these friggin' biplanes and he's jumping up and he's, you know barely able to hang on to like the side of a building and he's getting shot and stuff it's just like ah i don't want to look i don't want to look 
it's so scary. But even that stuff is really good, man. Because those that biplane stuff, it, the way he's grabbing them and the bullets that are hitting him, it's just like it's clearly amazing. You know what I mean? And so uh, even like the, the fact that it, it placates back to when the, him and Naomi Watts are like on top of the cliff looking at the sunset and now they're doing it again and you know that more than likely this animal's going to die. Um, which, by the way, they handled that very awfully. You're not going to shoot a giant ape and then let him just fall to the streets of New York, right? That's, that's dumb. Don't do that. Unless you're going to clear the streets, which, by the way, they didn't, right? Because the minute King Kong falls, like, you just have all these people surrounding him. It's like, what if he landed on somebody? Um, but then again, too, this is 1930s New York, right? There's, there's, no, there's no source violation or code violation or whatever uh, for, for anything, right? Especially, too, if there's a giant monkey, running through the streets of New York. Uh, but yeah, dude, that's... It, this movie is brilliant. I, I think so, man. It's it's a lot of fun to watch. It's not something I think you can always come back to, but I think you can always appreciate it when you when you do kind of sit down to watch it. It, it is it is long. I mean, it does feel long. It doesn't, you know, like I'm going to watch like other three-hour movies that kind of just breeze by. Um, I, I think it's just because of the pace um, this movie has, like, it just, I mean, I guess you could always just skip to the, the stuff when they finally get to Skull Island, but I don't know why you would want to do that, right? If you're going to enjoy this movie, watch it completely all the way through, but anyways, this movie's an A for me, most definitely, dude. I freaking love this. I'm so glad I got to watch it again. It definitely helped the hype of Godzilla vs. King Kong coming up. I will say also, too, this just watching the progression of these monsters, it's it's been very interesting to see that these movies have existed for as long as they have, and they're just a, a sheer amazement of of Godzilla, of King Kong, of any type of kaiju monster, right? It's, it's I think it just it appeals to people to see something so massive on screen, and I hope that's something that just lasts forever, right? Just that people like that, and maybe gradually over time, maybe it evolve into something else, and you know, I, I don't ever want to not see Godzilla go away, or I, I never want to see Godzilla go away or King Kong go away. Um, but they're, you know, I, I don't think the appeal is as big as it was, and with good reason, I think there's many more options out there. I just, I hope this can survive, right? This MonsterVerse stuff, I really hope this goes on for a while and gets bigger and, and gradually turns into maybe spinoffs that are also of equal quality, if not better. And so, yeah, dude, I'm excited. A plus for me. Can't. I really, really hope that you guys can uh, watch a couple kaiju movies if you're into that stuff, uh, just to kind of get yourself hyped up for this movie. I know I definitely am. And uh, yeah, anyways, thank you guys. Thank you guys for listening. Also, go check out our Snyder Cut, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Suicide Squad trailer. We talked about like all the superhero stuffs last week, and so definitely check out that episode. Check out all the other kaiju series that I've done in the past. And I can't wait for you guys to hear the review on Godzilla vs. King Kong. So anyways, guys, I am out.